Welcome to the Living Waters Church Sunday Sermon. Trying to understand whatever it is the Commander-in-Chief is telling you to do, why he's telling you to do it, you just do it. With Assistant Pastor Chad Campbell. Because if you just sit back and expect something to happen, I keep praying about it, I keep praying about it, but you don't do anything about it. I'm sitting in the middle of this battlefield, guns aimed at me everywhere shooting. I'm just going to sit here. I'm not going to fire back. I'm not going to fight back. What do you expect? Join us here each week for the Living Waters Church Sunday Sermon Podcast. God will deliver us. God is our God. God will direct our steps. He will deliver us. Nobody can be against us. God, what do you want us to do? God says, I want to wake up and I want you to go march to it. Now, let's join Assistant Pastor Chad Campbell for this week's Sunday Sermon. Listen to St. Paul again. He said, we're hard pressed on every side, but we're not crushed. We're perplexed, but we're not in despair. We've been persecuted, but we've not been forgotten. We've been struck down, but we're not knocked out. Wow! The Hagee translation reads it this way. Hell has thrown the kitchen sink at me, and I'm still on my feet. I'm fighting the good fight. I'm still enduring. I'm still standing. I will not bend, bow, or burn. Through Christ, you're looking at the winner. So I ask the thousands of you who are here and the millions of you who are listening around the world, have you been knocked down? I have a word from heaven today. Get up! Have you been knocked down by a bitter divorce? Get up! Have you been knocked down by the betrayal of a dear friend? Get up! Have you been knocked down by the death of someone that you love dearly? Get up! Have you been knocked down by fighting a deadly disease? Get up! Have you been knocked down by a financial crisis? Get up! Have you been knocked down by a business reversal that you couldn't stop? Get up! Have you been knocked down by a sudden tragedy that struck your family out of the blue like lightning out of heaven? The message from heaven is get up, get up, give up, get up, never give up. Dust yourself off and get back in the race. Falling down does not make you a failure. Staying down makes you a failure. Last week, spoke a, spoke a quote from Ronald Reagan. When he was speaking to the soldiers, said, These soldiers lived for a cause more important than their own life. They did not volunteer to die. They volunteered to defend values and die if need be. John 15, 13, Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. I want you to close your eyes. Close your eyes. We've been talking about legacy. We're talking about what we want to live in others when we die. I want you to think of what is the most important thing in your life. What is the most important thing to you? Grab it. Your eyes closed. Grab it. Hold it. Father God, this morning we ask that you would lead us in your word. Lead us in whatever it is that you have for each of us this morning. That your word would come alive. Encourage us. Strengthen us. And that we would feel the importance of accepting it and moving forward. In Jesus' name, amen. You can have a seat. Over the last couple weeks, so today we're finishing up this whole series on legacy, and last week what we talked about was how the military soldier is an example for how a Christian should live their life. A soldier must be willing to take orders. You have to be willing to take orders. Your agreement is not required. As a soldier, you agreeing to what your commander-in-chief is telling you to do is not important to him. It doesn't matter. It's not vital for the mission. The vision, the direction is given by that commander-in-chief. Your role as the soldier is to follow your orders. Follow the orders. You guys agree we're in a battle every single day. Most people don't even, many people, don't even see the battle that is happening around them at all times. 
Soldiers in war, constantly, where is it at? Following their orders, knowing that the person that's giving them those directions and that guidance knows the bigger picture, knows what's going to happen when they get somewhere. The soldiers don't know what's happening. They may not even know the purpose of what they're doing, but they follow the orders because they know that's where the protection is going to be. Following those orders. If they step outside of those orders, they don't know what's going to happen. If they think their way is better, they don't know what's going to happen because they can't see the bigger picture. We're all leading soldiers. You're leading your soldiers, your kids, your grandkids, your spouse, your family. You are leading me. I am your soldier. You are my soldier. We lead each other in this war, in this battle that we are in every single day. And if you don't see the battle, you're not looking. You're not looking. A soldier's legacy. A soldier's legacy is this. Whatever it takes, whatever it takes to fulfill my purpose for the cause. Whatever it takes. Deuteronomy 13.4. It is the Lord your God you must follow, and in him you must revere. Keep his commands and obey him, serve him, hold fast to him. So a couple weeks ago, he asked, go ahead and write your legacy down. Write down what do you want to live in others after you die, not what you remember for. That's why I used to have such a hard time with this word legacy. It's like, well, I'm supposed to be just, I'm supposed to not be seen. Christ is supposed to be seen. So why do I want to be seen after, you know, like just in my own head. So legacy, I never liked it. What lives in others after you die? The soldiers that you are leading when you die, what tools are you giving them to survive? That's your legacy. That's your legacy. Whatever your legacy is, you have to be intentional about it. Every day, because your soldiers are watching. It's how you make your decisions every single day. Every day. If everybody in here is a follower of Christ, talked about this last week, everybody in here is a follower of Christ, you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, amen, you're going to heaven, we're good. Now, between now and then, what happens? If you leave a selfish life, and that's the decision that you have made, that's fine. You get to choose your legacy. Just know the soldiers that you are leading are also going to be leading a selfish life. So don't expect them to be any different. If you're going to leave a live a life where you are wanting to leave these tools for those people around you, you want to live that legacy. You want to leave that legacy in them, whatever your legacy may be. You have to live it every day. Every day. For those who are going to do that, the verse I want you to write down, remember however you want to do it. Tattoo it to you. It doesn't matter. 2 Timothy 3.1 But understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty. Everybody wants to always debate, when is the, the end of times, right? I'm not going to talk about end of times and what's going to happen. Just listen to what he says. Understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty. For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving God, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the, having the appearance of godliness but denying its power. Avoid such people, but they will not get very far for their folly will be plain to all. This is what we fight against every day. And you know, just as well as I do, that in that entire paragraph, 
You can find a characteristic of that in yourself just as much as you can find it in the people around you. The battle is not just for you. It's not just for you to have this amazing life. It's so the people around you can have an amazing life by watching you, by following you in the war, in the battle. That's your legacy. You're going to hear a reoccurring theme that I want to talk about. Orders. Purpose. Intention. You're going to hear it over and over and over again. So wait for it. Just wait for it. So last week we talked about the different types of soldiers in the battle, in the Bible. Um, Abraham, Moses, David, Joshua, Daniel. We went through all those guys. I want to talk about a couple more, okay? Because today is the end of this series, and you know what happens at the end of a series, right? It's a call to action. It's a total call to action. Somebody last service said, oh, are you the, uh, the new Hagee in town? Like a lot of lip service, you're getting loud. Look, man, we know, all right, Jesus Christ, we have love. We've got the love of Christ. We are to display the love of Christ. But people like to stop there. There's more than just the love. You have a purpose. You have a role. And if you're going to accept that role as a soldier of God that he's called you to be, you have to fight every single day. So yes, this is an aggressive thing. This is aggressive. Because if you just sit back and expect something to happen, I keep praying about it, I keep praying about it, but you don't do anything about it. I'm sitting in the middle of this battlefield, guns aimed at me everywhere shooting. I'm just going to sit here. I'm not going to fire back. I'm not going to fight back. What do you expect? I've been going through this for the past couple of months, you guys. I am sitting right beside of you right now. What do you expect? We have to fight. And so many people do not want to talk that there is a true enemy. There is a true enemy trying to thwart your purpose, trying to invade your family, trying to separate your marriage, trying to take your kids in a different direction. You guys know this. But it's not our focus. It's not our intention. Our intention, our focus is show the love. Yes, show the love. But what are you going to do to fight? Call to action. Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat was a ruler of the southern kingdom in um, Judah. And he was told, there is a large army coming after you. Large army. Three armies mixed into one. And they're coming after you right now. And Jehoshaphat was terrified. He was scared. Because see, before this, previously, Jehoshaphat was looked at as the favored by God. He had everything. He had all of the military he needed. He had all of the money he needed. Other places around him, other kingdoms were afraid of him because they knew that he was favored by God. So they wouldn't even come after him because they knew how much God favored him. See, at this time, the northern kingdom, it was separated into two kingdoms, the northern and the southern. The northern rejected the covenant of God. So they started worshiping all of these other gods. The southern kingdom stayed true to the covenant as much as they tried. They stayed true to the covenant, living the covenant that God had made with them. So it was a complete separation. Well, Jehoshaphat is this ruler, power, money, everything he needed. But he's like, man, what if something were to happen? What if, what if, what if? He's afraid. So he made a marriage alliance with the northern kingdom. I'm just going to make an alliance with them, even though they worship other gods, even though they focus on other things. I'm going to make an alliance with them just in case. So now, all the other gods are brought into the mix. He did not follow what God was telling him to do. He did not follow his orders of what he was given as a soldier. And he paid the consequences for that. 
And then he realized and he repented and he gets back into his mode as the ruler of the southern kingdom. Now, these armies are coming after him. Three armies in one. We're coming for you. What are you going to do about it? Coming for you. Coming for your family. See, when they uh, erected the, the, the temple, Second Chronicles 7.14, If my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Jehoshaphat's starting to look at it again. I can't go into that battle. I don't know what's going to happen. Three armies versus me? I don't have the strength to do that. I don't have the strength to keep fighting with my kid because they keep rejecting everything that I say to them. I don't have the strength to keep coming home and fighting with my spouse because they don't understand how hard it was today and then all they want me to do is fix everything at home. I don't know how to handle it with my spouse. They won't go to counseling with me. I don't have the energy for that. I don't have the strength or the army to be successful in that battle. I don't have the ability to do it. God says, seek me and I will deliver you. Seek me, I will deliver you. Seek me, I will deliver you. Follow my instructions. So in 25 through 12, Jehoshaphat drops. He's already experienced this. He drops and he reminds himself and the people of the southern kingdom who God is. God will deliver us. God is our God. God will direct our steps. He will deliver us. Nobody can be against us. God, what do you want us to do? God says, I want you to wake up and I want you to go march to them tomorrow. March. Go. Three armies versus his. Go. That's hard. It's hard, amen? You got your kid. Your kid's not listening to a word you say. Keep trying to get into them. You keep trying to dump into them. They keep rejecting you. My boss, they just keep, which is my wife, my boss keeps coming at me. Work more, work more. I can't. Just kidding. I'm the boss, of course, right? <laughs> I can't. They're not listening. I don't have anything else to give. God tells him, the battle is not for you. The battle is for God. March. Soldier, march. Take your orders. Go where I told you to go. Quit trying to figure out. Go. So they go where God tells them to go. They come up over the mountain, and what do they see? A bunch of dead bodies. What? dead bodies. See what God told them, go. And when they went, God created chaos in the middle of these three armies which attacked themselves and killed themselves. The battle is not yours. The battle is God's. But you got to follow your orders. I can't stay back here with Jehoshaphat on my knees just praying, God, what I told you, go, go. But God, I can't go. I just, you got to do something. You got to keep going. Go. Accept your orders, soldier, and go. Nehemiah. Israel, they kept doing all the time in the Old Testament. They kept just turning away from God. So then God would just let them go into their enemy's hands over and over and over again. All right? So Nehemiah is in exile. He's a cupbearer for the king of Persia. He gets this letter. It says, the walls of Jerusalem have been destroyed. There's no protection for the people in Jerusalem. And Nehemiah's like, oh my gosh, I need to help my people. I need to help my people. So he goes to the king of Persia, who he's in exile to, and says, if it's your will, will you let me go rebuild these walls to help my people for their protection? He's like, what do you need? He's like, I need to go. I need to build a wall. I need wood. He's like, go. Wow, that's pretty cool, right? Go. So he goes. And what does he do when he gets there? He doesn't build the wall by himself. Brothers, sisters, 
We need to build this wall. Brothers, sisters, moms, dads, we need to protect each other. We need to work together to protect each other and our kids and our great-grandkids and our elders. We need to do this together. Nehemiah 4.14, And I looked and arose and said to the nobles and to the officials and to the rest of the people, Do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome. Fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. They are going to rebuild this wall and three people are attacking them. Three people and their, 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 their people are coming at them. They don't want them to rebuild the walls. The wall's a touchy subject right now. I know that, all right? But let's say the walls of this church fell. And people are going to come, like a bunch of us men are coming together. Let's put, and women if you want to, put these walls up. And there's people running around here trying to stab us. Don't put those walls up. We don't want those walls by the trowel in one hand, sword in the other. We will fight together to build the walls together to protect our brothers, our sons, our daughters, our wives, our homes. And when they did this and they built the wall, this is when Ezra comes now. And Ezra comes and he reads the Torah, he reads the Ten Commandments, he reminds them of the covenant that they have with God and the protection and the blessing that will come to them by following that covenant. They rededicate themselves. They re-sign the covenant. They are in agreement now. They're following the covenant of God, and they restructure their community again together because one man who was in a horrible spot to ask for something like this did it, restructured all of Israel because of doing that. He stayed intentional in his purpose. And he fought for his brothers, his sons, daughters, wives, and their homes. Elijah. When Elijah comes onto the scene, Elijah standing in front of King Ahab. King Ahab, there will be, let me read this, this is, there shall be neither dew nor rain these years until I say there's going to be. Not until God says there's going to be. God says, you go tell King Ahab, no rain or dew until you tell him it's coming. Now, back then, prophets were to tell the kings good news. They were to encourage them. They weren't to tell them, you're a problem. And King Ahab, they say, was one of the worst kings that created the most um, fights for God. Because he was just a horrible, horrible person. So God says, tell him, and then I want you to go. Get out of here. I'll take care of you. And God did. He took care of him. He fed him, gave him drink, gave him everything that he needed. It says in the third year, God then says, Elijah, guess what? I want you to go back to King Ahab again. I want you to go tell him, it's coming. You are going to bring the water back. You are going to bring the rain it's terrified because this is not a nice person. This is not a nice king at all. When he gets there, King Ahab says, you are the problem. You're the reason why there's no rain. You're the reason why this kingdom is suffering. You're the problem. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? If you would have just done this, if you wouldn't have done that, if you would have just said this, if you would have just done what you knew you were supposed to do, going at each other, to ourselves. You hear it? Everybody hear it? Elijah says, no, you're the problem. You're the problem. You're the problem because you didn't follow the commandments and the covenant with God. You abandoned that. You're the problem. Alcohol, you are the problem. Drugs, you are the problem. Lack of being a good parent. Where's the problem? 
Lack of being a good spouse. Lack of wanting to let go of what we want. To lead our soldiers into the battle that we want to equip them for. We definitely will lose ourselves, And we'll lose part of ourselves. But God tells us, I got you. I got you. Soldier, follow your orders. Go. I got you. Whatever it is, whatever it is that's standing in front of you, I got you. Go. We have to be intentional. We have to be focusing on what's happening around us to be able to know what we're fighting against. What are my kids fighting against? What is my spouse fighting against? Husbands, I'm going to read this now. Husbands, did you know? 59% of all mothers have anxiety. It's for you husbands. 59% of mothers have anxiety. 43% are depressed. 41% feel guilty. And 81% of all mothers are afraid they're going to fail. 81% of our wives are afraid they're going to fail. Where's that battle? As a soldier, leading my soldiers, where's that battle? So Elijah says, let's do this. Each one of them is given a bull. Put the bull um, up on the altar and call your gods. King Ahab, call them. Call down the fire to consume this. So they put their bull up on the the altar with the wood and they cry out. It says, from morning till noon, nothing happens. So then Elijah gets cocky, right? Put my bull up there, 12 stones for the tribes. Put my bull up there on the stones, cut it up, dig a trench around it. Now go dump a bunch of water on it. Keep dumping water on it. Keep dumping water on it. The water overflows into the trenches. God Show this enemy your power. Boom. Consumes the entire thing. The rocks, the wood, the dust, the sacrifice. Nothing's there. Everyone's like, oh, this is God. This is who God is. This is the God. So Elijah thought everything is going to be good, right? He thought everything is going to be good, but it wasn't. It wasn't good. He did this amazing thing with God. God called him, soldier, here's your orders. He did what he was supposed to do. This amazing miracle happened. The next day he wakes up, nothing changed. People are still living the lives they were living. What in the world? Now he's depressed. God calls you to do something. You do it. You get to be a part of this amazing experience. And the next day you wake up and you're like, well, what was that even for? Your agreement is not needed. Your understanding of the mission is not needed. It doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is what the commander-in-chief tells his soldier in the middle of a battle to get him to the other side. Ruth. Elimelech and Naomi um, married. They had two sons. Two sons become married. And then Naomi's husband and sons die. So now it's Naomi and her two daughter-in-laws, Ruth being one of those. And Naomi's like, oh my gosh, God is against me. God hates me. You guys, go somewhere else. I don't want you guys going down. Go somewhere else. She kept telling them, go somewhere else. She's like, oh me, oh me, oh me. Ruth tells her, your people will be my people. Where you live, I will live. Your God will be my God. And Ruth stayed with her. You know those negative people? Every day you're experiencing people that just want to be negative all the time. Your boss, your friends, your spouse, your children. You know who they are. 
your, your children, you're trying to, you want to, let's say you're trying to be the soldier, you're trying to leave them in that. And when you talk to them, just, they just shut you out. They just close the door. They're just being negative. What, is, what does Ruth do? No, I am still staying here. I am still going to keep staying with you. I'm going to keep going to God free. I'm going to keep on doing this. I'm not backing out. You know, during that time, they didn't know that the judgment was after death. They hadn't been revealed this yet. The way that this time works is if you are following the covenant of God, you will receive blessings and protection. Following the covenant of God, blessings and protection. That's why they have the priests. That's why they have the prophets. That's why they have all this, to get the blessings of God. When you ignore that, the blessings and protection were gone. So now she's standing there. She's got a husband, two sons, two daughter-in-laws. Her husband and her sons have been killed. She's like, God is punishing me. God punishing me for something. Because they haven't been revealed this stuff yet. Huh? So Ruth stays with her. Naomi even changed her name to Mara because she was so bitter. So being here, Ruth stays with her. Ruth continues to encourage her. Ruth stays by her side. And then she gets the eyes of a local guy, Boaz. And they become married. And they have a son. And their son's name is Obed. And Obed is the grandfather to King David. The lineage of Jesus Christ from a woman that continued to be there for a negative woman. She stayed in the fight. She followed her orders, no matter how tough they were. She continued on. That was her purpose, an intentional purpose every day to stay focusing on encouraging this woman. That's what Ruth did for all of us. You know how it is with your kids. They're, they're shutting you out. Your spouse is shutting you out. If they're going to treat me like that, then I'm going to treat them like that. He's not. If you're going to treat me like that, I'm going to treat you like that. So that's part of your legacy. Is that what you want your soldiers to do? Is treat somebody the way that they've been treated? You get to choose that. But if we do live our legacy, you ask yourself, what does the love of Christ look like? What does grace look like? What does patience look like? What does forgiveness look like? That's where the joy is, right? That's what the Bible says. That's where the joy is. It's not in the retaliation. It's in these simple things. So how can we expect the blessings and this protection by God for our soldiers, our kids, our grandkids, our family, you, me. How do we expect that, expect that if we're not following our orders? If we're not marching, quit trying to understand whatever it is the commander-in-chief is telling you to do and why he's telling you to do it. You just do it. Because when you get over the mountain, it's going to be a bunch of dead bodies because the fight is God's, not mine, not yours, is God's. You with me, soldiers? You still soldiers? Still soldiers wanting to fight for those around you, for your loved ones? It's easy, easy to say. Since I've been going through this for the past couple of months, it's been so hard because everything I see is, I'm having to be intentional about it, everything. Having to be intentional about what I say to my kids or what I say to the person beside of me. Or I have to be intentional about it all because all I'm thinking about is whatever I re react and respond right now, I'm setting something into motion. Whether it's good or bad. That's part of the legacy I'm leaving in that person. So am I equipping them with the tools for the battle when I'm not there? I don't know. 
I don't know. So God gives us this order. He gives us a purpose. First thing we're supposed to do, go to the word of God. Amen? We go to God. God gives us instruction, gives us direction. That's our commander-in-chief. That's what we are to follow. But a lot of times I hear it just stops right there. People just stop. They don't want to say, what else do you do? Do you just get on your knees and on your face and wait? And then when God tells you, then what? What if God tells you, I want you to go start a church? How are you going to do that? Have you ever started a church before? No. It's so easy. In medicine, your kid has ADHD, you go to the doctor. Why not read a book on how to raise a kid with ADHD? Why not, whatever role or purpose God is putting into you, why not read about it? You're going into war. Just because you signed up for the military doesn't mean you know how to shoot a gun, clean a gun, put on your fatigues, follow orders. It doesn't mean you know how to do any of that. You have to go through the preparation for your battle, for your war. But in this army of Christians, this army of God, we've, we, we talk about accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you're going to heaven, amen, boom, we're there. We're not. We're not there. None of us are there. I'm telling you, this is what I've been going through, okay? So hang with me. We're not there. It is a constant battle every day, a constant intention every day, a constant intention to follow the orders of whatever God is giving to you to follow right now. What you do, they will follow. Whatever you do, they will follow. Last service, Kenny's playing drums up here. His son was sitting over here. He ran up on the stage, grabbed some drumsticks, and then went down there and started playing drums on the ground like his daddy was doing. You're leading your soldiers. One way or the other, we are leading them. We have to prepare ourselves. It's the number one thing that causes divorce in this country. Finances, right? Money, money, money. It is. So why not be a soldier of God and sit down with a spouse and make a budget and bring the other soldiers with you. If your kids are there, have them be a part of that. That's what you want them to get. That's part of your legacy. Or do we just show our kids, it's okay. Just throw it on a card. I'm not coming at you. This is real. Like, do we want our kids to be responsible? Or do we want to have them expect everything to be given to them. It's, our re, it's a way that we react in situations. The soldiers are going to follow that. They're going to. There was a, a study um, that was done that said, um, that said uh, um, they, they asked a bunch of kids, and they said, what, um, what, makes you happy about your family? What makes you happy about your family? And the number one answer was, they said, um, they take care of me. Or they're fun. You know? And I asked my, my daughter, I said, hey honey, what makes you so happy about being part of this family? You know? And she goes, nail all. I'm like, what? That's not what I wanted. Like, you can say mommy or daddy, but don't say now, mom. She's gone. She's like gone for two weeks. She left you. you. I'm still here, all right? Love on me right now. That's what they said. You know, your kids uh, or grandkids or spouse, whatever, we come home from the day and they're just waiting for you. I tell the people as I say, my kids, so three and five, when I come home, they run, they fight to run out to see who's going to get to me first. Who's going to get to me? Daddy, daddy. And I'm like, come, come on, let's go, both of you. And they'll take you both on. Right? And they just were waiting for that time for you to get there. And then we get there. And depending on our day, depending on how we react, right? Right? 
So how did you guys feel when you saw me take out my phone and start looking at my phone while I'm trying to connect with you? Yeah? This is me too, you guys. My kid waiting for me to come home. I'm like, yeah, what do you want to do? Let's go. We'll jump on a trampoline. Let's go jump on the trampoline. We'll go for a hike. We can do that. Hang on. All right, let's go. Yeah. Where's the intention of that relationship, that soldier at that time? That something else is more important. I'll come along with you, but something else is more important right now, or I'm afraid I'm going to miss something. There's nobody in the hospital right now. What's so important for me to make my soldier think they have to take a phone with them everywhere they go? You know, these things, what they do... I, I carry this thing with me all the time too, you guys. I'm working on this myself, right? These things, what they do is they stimulate dopamine. Dopamine is the hormone in your brain that gives you excitement. Sex, drugs, jumping out of airplanes, that's dopamine. Arr, that's dopamine. When your phone dings, this is a research study. When it dings, it stimulates dopamine. It gives you happiness. That's why when you're by yourself, you just send out a bunch of messages while you're sitting there. The dings start coming in. I'm feeling good again. So what are our kids, grandkids, what are they going to need to stimulate their dopamine? You can't expect your soldier to not follow what you are doing. Me following you, you following me, my kids following their daddy, their kids following their mommy. They're going to follow you. You can't expect, as a soldier leading other soldiers, my kid understands I had a rough week. They know I only get drunk on the weekends. They're not allowed to because I'm an adult. They're not. And then they start drinking on the weekends. You're like, when did you start doing that? Just following you, Daddy. It's okay to lie a little bit. I don't lie as much as that person does. I needed to get this. Why is my kid lying to me? Followed you, Daddy. Soldier's going to follow you. We are to lead our soldiers in that armor of God. When I'm not here anymore to remind them what that armor of God is, when I'm not here to show them how to fight against the enemy that's coming at them, whatever that enemy may be, when I'm not there, my life is what prepared them for it. What they saw me doing and acting is how they are going to do it when they get into that time. So when I'm having a hard time with my boss, do they see me quit and leave? If my spouse and I are having a hard time, are they gonna see me leave? Are they gonna see my spouse and I go to God together? Are they gonna see me reach out to my boss in forgiveness? Are they gonna see me helping a friend who just needs someone to listen to to lead them to the cross? What is true happiness? What is the tools that you want to give to your kids and your grandkids and your friends and all of those around you? Because that's the intentional decisions that you have to make in your life every day. And you can't fall from it. It's not a part-time job. It's a full-time job because the enemy is always there. You, hear, like, you can hear like how, this is an aggressive thing, right? This is, has to be aggressive. It has to be. Just like we talked about last week, the, soul, the, the patch, the flag, the stars are in the front showing, I'm coming after you. I'm not going to retreat from you. I don't care how strong you think you are. Jehoshaphat dropped. They were, the bodies were dead. Bring it. God says, I got you. The battle is mine, not yours. But you have to follow your orders. You have to accept your orders. You can't just sit. You can't. There's a journey and we have this where we want to just, all right, God, give me the orders. Now it's supposed to happen. No. God gave you the orders. And you might feel depressed tomorrow about it. But you did what you were supposed to do at that time. And there was a purpose for that. And there's this journey, the ups and downs of everything. You business owners, parents, you know ups and downs in everything that you're trying to build. And what you're building are soldiers around you. That's your legacy.
John Maxwell says, leadership is influence. Always is and always will be. Do your soldiers understand grace? Do they understand in times of struggle that you're there waiting, open arms, no matter what? There's a song that just breaks me when I hear it, and it's, um, that's my job. From Conway Twitty. That's my job. Dad, how am I going to get back? That's my job. Dad, what if things go wrong? That's my job. That's your job. It's your role. It's your purpose. It's your battle. Intentional battle. Do they know they can come home to you no matter what? Or are they afraid because of failure? The values of a soldier are not the same as everybody else. Your values are not the same as the world's values. Your values, the Bible says, you are separate. You are not from here. You are separate than this world. You cannot say, well, at least my kids are doing better than this kid, or at least I'm not doing what they're doing. Doesn't matter. Your standard is completely different. Your values and standards have been given to you by your commander-in-chief. That's what they're judged against. That's how you rule your life. That is what you follow to build that legacy and to receive your protection and your blessings from God. Ready, Caleb? We have to be intentional about our legacy. People say, hand it over to the Lord. Just hand it over to the Lord. How do you justify that logic with Paul's command, put on the whole armor of God? He says that twice. And you put it on by the reading of the Word of God and prayer. Because every one of these implements of the whole armor of God is simply nothing but the material manifestation of the presence of Jesus. If God does it all, why do I need to put on this armor? If God does it all, why do I need to put on this armor? If God does it all, why does James 4 and 7 say, resist the devil and he will flee from you? Why do I need to resist him if God does it all? If God does it all, why does the word of God say in Peter 5 and 8, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour. Now listen to this. Whom resist steadfast in the faith? Do what? Resist steadfast in the faith. There are three commands here. Be sober, be vigilant, and resist. The question, if Jesus does it all, why do I need to resist the devil? If God does it all, why did Paul write in Philippians 2.12, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling? He didn't say, hand it over to the Lord. He said, you work out your salvation with fear and trembling. I repeat what I said last Sunday. God will only give you what you're willing to fight for. The children of Israel defeated Jericho by miracle, but from Jericho to the promised land, they fought for every square inch they got. Two farmers met at the fence line that divided their farms. And one farmer had purchased his farm the year before, and that farm was seriously run down. And the other farmer said to him, look at that new barn that God has given to you. And look at those new fences the Lord has given to you. And look at the remodeled house the Lord has given to you. And finally the farmer said, hey, you should have seen this farm when God had it by himself. You pray like everything depended on God. You work like everything depended on you, and you'll reach your objective. But when you sit down on the stool of do-nothing on your blessed assurance and say, well, just God will take care of it all. No, he won't. God provides worms for birds, but he doesn't throw them down their throats. They have to go get them. Concerning spiritual warfare, you just don't turn it over to Jesus. You take action. You don't just turn it over to Jesus. You take action. You put on the whole armor of God. You wrestle. You engage the enemy. You get eyeball to eyeball. You get close enough that you can smell his breath. You fight the good fight of faith. You take a stand in the evil day. You learn to fast. You learn to pray. You learn to take the living word of God and drive the prince of darkness out of your life. You don't sit back and whine and say you're defeated. You're a child of God and you can't be defeated. Now stay with this thought, let Jesus do it all. Look at the New Testament General St. Paul, the last hour that he lived on this earth. He said, I have fought a good fight. 
Now, according to the let Jesus do it all theology, he should, have, he should have written, the Lord has given me the total victory. I have done nothing but go with the flow. It has been a joyous ride. You do the same. That's not what he wrote. He said, I have fought a good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Do you see that? Listen to me. We are soldiers of the cross. And you need to stop this foolish jabber about God will do it all. He will empower you to join him in the fight. For we are co-laborers together with Christ. You put on the whole armor of God. You resist. You endure to the end. You stand in the day that's evil. You claim the victory through Jesus Christ. You defeat the dark side through the authority of his name and the word of God and the blood of the cross. The victory is ours because we are soldiers in a fight that God has given us the victory. A soldier has their orders. Follow your orders. But a soldier also has a must. And that must is they will complete that mission no matter what, period. They complete that mission. That is their, their must. No matter what it takes, no matter what it is, the soldiers around you, the legacy you're leaving in people, no matter what it takes, no matter how much you have to lose yourself, you're going to lead your soldiers to give them the tools to fight in that battle when you can't do it for them anymore. That's your legacy. You get to choose that, to fight for something bigger than yourself. Bigger than you. What tools do you want your soldiers to have when you're not there? Those tools are your legacy. And you have to be intentional about it every single day. Remember the quote, the biggest fear should not be never succeeding, but succeeding as something that never mattered. You have to be intentional. And remember, your soldiers are always watching. Thank you for joining us today here at the Living Waters Church in Globe, Arizona. We hope you enjoyed the message. May you have a great week and may everything you do be blessed by God.